Welcome to Bench Reactions, an NBA podcast brought to you by Banana Breath. I'm your host, Patrick Hervey, and I'm joined today by the Sam to my Frodo, Zach Burnham. What's oh, going dude, on, Zach? That's the greatest compliment I've ever received. <laughs> yep, yep. I thought about doing it the other way around, and I was like, nope. Nope, doesn't make sense. I'm not strong enough to wield the ring on my own. I need my guy. There, I mean, boosting I me up. I can't carry it for you, <laughs> but I can't carry you. <laughs> I need him there feeding me uh, Lembus bread. And look, and look, oh, Lembus bread. <laughs> oh, man. Just so good. All yeah, right. We well, the Lord of the Rings podcast. Yeah, we should, dude. We got some yeah. guys on the pod that I think could contribute some uh, some pretty good stuff. Oh, not going to lie. Uh, we could do a Rings of Power one. You know, it's just as good, right? <laughs> Oh, so terrible. So, so terrible. All right. On today's episode, we are continuing our way too early preseason prep before we wrap up with Zach's mud pie moments of the week. All right, Zach, we're back at it again this week with our uh, our way too early preseason prep. As a reminder for the listeners, this is a segment where uh, each week for the next probably nine, 10 weeks, we're going to take three to four teams, review where they ended last season, what offseason moves they've made so far realistic expectations for next season and then we'll end each team with uh one rapid fire burning burnham question today we are talking about the washington wizards the dallas mavericks and the oklahoma city thunder we're going to save the best for last so let's go ahead and dive into the uh the czar dogs of washington just as a reminder they finished the 2022-23 season uh, with a record of 35 and 47, that was good enough for 12th in the East. They finished 22nd on offense, 21st on defense. Offseason moves up to this point. They traded with the Pacers in the 2023 draft up one spot and drafted Bilal Kulabali with the number seven pick. Kulabali. Kulabali, Uh They drafted Tristan Vukovic. Don't know how to pronounce that. With the number 42 pick. Um, Tyus Jones, Danilo Gallinari, and Mike Muscala, my uh, my guy, joined via a three team uh, three team trade with the Grizzlies and the Celtics. Kyle Kuzma returned on a four year deal. Jordan Poole, Patrick Baldwin Jr., and Ryan Rollins joined through a trade with the Warriors. Landry Shamit joined via a three team trade with the Suns and Pacers. And then obviously. Their biggest move of the offseason was trading away Bradley Beal. A lot of what they got back, I just ran through in addition to about 9,000 second round picks. So, Zach, off the top, thoughts on their offseason moves up to this point? So, can I zag and start with the burning Burnham question? Absolutely. It's only you and me today. You can do whatever we, we can do whatever we want. We can get <laughs> wild up in here. It's after 10 o'clock, so that means. <laughs> We could we yeah. could say whatever we want. <laughs> this is my burning burnham question. This is no slight at Christoph Porzingis or Bradley Beal, but could the Wizards be better than they were last year? No, man. So, look, just think of their roster last year. Beal was playing hurt for about half the season. He was hurt or playing hurt for half the season. Porzingis had a really great year. So, uh, again, no slight to him. But on top of basically the same roster, they've brought back Kuzma and then brought in Jordan Poole, Tyus Jones, Landry Shamit, Danilo Gallinari, Mike Muscala, and then some other guys. Those guys are all at least role players, if not solid starters in the league. For a team that looks like they're trying to tank, one of the few teams trying to tank, this roster is actually like kind of good, if not for Jordan Poole, maybe even fun. What do you think? <laughs> Could they maybe even be better? Um, I think that there's always there always seems to be one team that sort of far outdoes expectations, right? Or outperforms expectations. Last year for me, it was the Jazz. Everyone thought that they were going to absolutely blow chunks going into the season. They were on everybody's list for a bottom five team, right? In the Victor race. And instead, they had just a high level of competence on that team. And I could see the same with this team, right? Like Kuzma's a champion. Say what you want about Jordan Poole. He's also a champion. I mean, we've said a lot about him on, on this pod over the last year or so. Champion. 
quote. Yeah, I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm not the biggest fan. Um, but the dude can score, right? And I think he's going to be taking about 25 to 30 shots a game this season. How, how many just, points have, per game do you think he'll he'll average next year? I, I would think he'll average at least 25 a game. Yeah. What do you I think? think? So too. Yeah. I think I don't think it's we're gonna basically going to see Trey Young version 2.0 less assist he doesn't pass the ball very well but yeah it's going to be basically like the same season he's going to shoot like 42 percent from the field but average 27 points a game and people are going to talk crazy things like he should be an all-star yeah. most improved it's yeah it's i'm not down for that but but again i mean my my point is they are a, a competent team i don't I, again, I think everyone's expectations of this team are going to be that they are like a, a, a clear tanking team. I also think that like Koulibaly is a guy that everyone has talked about as, oh, being, you know, he's super raw. He's going to take a little bit of time to sort of get up to speed. I liked what I saw in summer league. He played on a team last year, obviously, that was super competitive in at least a, a decent competitive league. So I think he's going to be better than people are expecting. And then. To your point, they've got a bunch of role players that are solid, right? We've talked about this. Like Avdia, I've always liked as like, you know, a ro- at least a rotation guy. Um, I don't know why I'm blanking on his name. What's the Gonzaga guy's Kispert. name? Corey Kispert. Kispert. Kispert's another guy that's, you know, shooter. He's competent. So am I going to say that they're going to be like in the the playing race? Like, I don't know if I'm if I would necessarily go that far, but I do- also don't think they're going to be like a bottom five record in the league. I may eat crow on that one, but those are my thoughts. I think the comparison to the Jazz is very apt. I think the season will end up playing out in a very similar way where they will where they will have runs at certain points in the season where you're like, is this actually a good team? Should we be adding? Like, what should we do here? And then eventually by season's end, they will sort of do what they need to do to tank and to drop back into that worst five to seven teams, you know? But I think it's basically going to be the same team as last year. I think bringing in a guy like Tyus Jones who gets his first starting opportunity outside of when Jaws Dude, hurt. he's another one. So competent at his job. Yeah, he's one of my like low-key favorite players in the league. He just is good. He never turns the ball over. He's exactly what you want from a point guard. Um, I think their defense is going to leave a lot to be desired. We're going to see uh, some pretty high-scoring games maybe coming out of Washington. But I think Poole and Kuzma could just go off and have monster scoring years. I do wonder about all of these rotation guys. I imagine by the time the season comes around, some of them will be gone. But if they are still yeah. around, are there too many like good players, good veterans on this team that like Kispert and Johnny Davis and Hulabali and Avdia aren't going to get like proper minutes? Yeah, that's that. I think that's a super valid question. Like, what are they trying to be? Are they trying to be a team that's developing what they see as their young ta- talent? Obviously, Koulibaly is sort of their home run swing, right? Like guys like Kispert, Avdi, I think uh, for the most part, we know what they're going to be. They're going to be solid rotation guys. They're obviously not stars, either of them. So that's definitely a question I have. But I, I guess another question for you and just the topic of how good or how bad is this team going to be? There's been a lot of talk about like the Rockets going for it this year. Do you think that the Rockets roster is that much better than this Wizards roster? Because I don't. No. I think eventually they'll be. They have a lot more like star potential, but not this year. Yeah, definitely. They have, you know, the Jalen Green and the Amon Thompson and these and Jabari Smith, these guys who could be all-stars someday. When I look at the Wizards roster, I see only one player maybe with that ceiling and that's Koulibaly. Uh I actually wanted to know what you thought his ceiling could be. You watched him in summer league. What did you like? What did you dislike? Yeah, I mean he's he's obviously still raw from like a, a ball handling sort of playmaking decision making standpoint, but I think he has the he obviously has the body and the athleticism to be like a next level defender and if you get that guy out in transition, like look out, it's good night for the other team. So I'm not sure if I could think of like a, a clear comparison in terms of, Hey, I could see him being as good or, or like this type of guy. But I also think one thing that I really look closely at that, you know, sometimes pans out, doesn't necessarily always pan out is I look at dudes like their shot form. So for him, I just think like, even though the shot might not be knocked down yet, he has 
really nice form in his three point shot. So I think he could he could uh, go places with that as well. So I I mean I'm super stoked to just watch him you know, go out and, and make mistakes and hopefully be given a chance to sort of learn on the fly as opposed to, you know, having a, a super short leash, which I think he'll have. I think he'll have a long leash on this team. So I don't know, man. What do you think? I could see him turning into a sort of a wing ball handler. I think he could be one of those like point forward type guys. I know he gets the comparison a lot to Giannis. And I don't really know why. Um, I don't think he's as raw as Giannis was. He He has more of like a mature body already. And he's played at really high levels and played well. Like he shot 33% from three uh, over the course of the last season. And if that's your starting point, you're already maybe a better shooter than Giannis is. Uh, not that he's going to be as good as Giannis, but but he's just a totally different player. I see him more in the mold of like maybe like Jalen Brown, but if Brown could actually handle, handle and create <laughs> a little bit better. I think yeah. that's what Koulibaly yeah. could turn into is one of those point forward guys. And if he develops a shot, uh, with the with the skills he's already going to have on the defensive end because of the size and the length, like I think he could be a legitimate All Star, if not superstar caliber player. I think so too. And obviously Washington, you know, thought so if they for if the fact that they traded up with the Pacers to get that number seven spot. Um, I think that was a lot higher than people were expecting him to go. But it seems like people have kind of come around on the pick as like, oh, huh, that's pretty. Uh, it's a pretty smart move by by the Wizards. And again, if you're the Wizards. This is the kind of stuff that we've been wanting them to do for so long, man. Like, take a shot at a potential project or a guy that has really high upside whose, you know, floor is maybe a little bit lower than some other guys. They've kind of gone the safe route over the last four or five years. And for good reason, they thought that they had, you know, a superstar in Bradley Beal. Um, who Look, he's a star in his own right, for sure. But I don't think he was ever, like, the... I don't think he's like a number one guy yeah, on legit right? He's a two or a three. He's in he's in the right role now. I'm interested to see what he this is in the side, of course, but I'm interested to see what he can be as the main ball handler and like point guard on that team, because that's his gonna be his role. Uh it sucks for them that they didn't get any picks back for Beal or for KP. Um you kind of understand why, and I think they did pretty well getting a guy like Tyus Jones, who is probably worth a first, if not two in his own right. But man, it it just it's hard to see such a small, what seems like a small return for these this guy who has been like your franchise player for so long. They really just moved a year or two or three too late on that. Man. Yeah, I mean, honestly, they should have they should have traded him. I know they would never have done this, but the year after that Russ season, they should have capitalized right when he, I think, finished second in this for the scoring title, or was he first? He was averaging like 33, 34 a yeah. game. He was he was second, but he averaged over 30. Yeah. yeah. Who did he lose to? Was it Steph? I don't even remember. I actually yeah. had I we brought this up on a pod a few weeks ago and I thought I thought that he had won and then I checked and I was like, oh, he didn't win. But I didn't check who actually yeah. won. He just didn't have yeah. the ball I mean, next to his name on basketball reference. He ended up losing it by like a tenth of a point, yeah. right? But anyway, um any any final thoughts on the Zard Dogs before we move on? I'm excited to get back uh, next February, March, and go watch some games, take Nora to see some games, because so I think they're going to be a fun team. Uh, I will not buy a Jordan Poole jersey, but maybe a Tyus Jones. Johnny Davis. <laughs> Johnny Davis jersey? Johnny maybe? Davis. I'll get a Koulibaly one. I wanted Ooh, him yeah. on the Thunder. Like, I, I wanted oh, them man, to trade up to get him. He's such a crusty guy. Yeah. They just have, they have, yeah. I feel like, we'll, we'll get to the Thunder. I feel like they have too many dudes now. I don't even know. And obviously and so more coming dudes. with the a lot of picks they have the next few years all right let's go ahead and move on to the uh the dallas mavericks okay so as a reminder finished the 2022-23 season 38 and 44 that was 11th in the west if you remember uh what they did down the stretch of last season was pretty gross (laughs) we talked about it at length if you haven't listened to those pods go back it'll give you a little uh trip back in time to see where where dallas finished the season um obviously traded for for kyrie uh at the tra- trade deadline or before the trade deadline, and that did not work out as well as they had hoped. Um, we'll get to that in a minute. But they finished sixth on offense, 24th on defense, which was disappointing after uh, you know making a, a pretty big leap the season before when it came to their their overall team defense. Offseason moves, they drafted Derek Lively the second uh, out of Duke. Seth Curry agreed to a two-year deal coming back to Dallas. Dante Exum 
agreed to a, a one-year deal. A little throwback there. They traded um, with the Kings for Rashawn Holmes. Kyrie Irving returned on a three-year deal. Dwight Powell returned on a three-year deal. And then Zach Burnham, all-star Grant Williams, joined via sign-and-trade. <laughs> I'll never I know you love him. <laughs> I love it, man. I think he's going to be good on this team. I um, I'll throw it over to you. You know, we talked a lot about Dallas this last season, especially the last three, four months of the season, where it was like, what what's going on here? Why are they cratering like they are? Um, obviously, they kept their number ten pick, which is what they were hoping to do, as opposed to giving it to the Knicks if it had fallen out of the top ten. But just overall thoughts on their uh, their offseason moves. Well, I'll say first that was one of the most awful, awful seasons I can even think of. It's disgusting. Maybe, maybe the most egregious example of tanking I've ever seen. When you have a guy who was an MVP candidate, you should never, ever tank like that. So I have uh, very little respect for the Mavericks right now. I don't know if I've ever been a fan or anything, but it's, it's very hard to watch. I wonder what Luca thought. Uh, in fact, I think a lot about what Luca is thinking about on a daily basis. <laughs> <laughs> because... <laughs> Like one of the big questions for the Mavericks is what are they planning to do moving forward? Is this team as constructed or with what they could achieve with their current construction in the next few years? Is that even make them a contender? Like, what do you think is their possible ceiling? I don't know. I think they're banking on, you know, being a solid regular season team finishing hoping to finish with a top six seed and then knowing that they've got Luca legend who has the potential to just go off in the playoffs. He's done it. I mean, virtually every single season or every single postseason that he's been in the playoffs, he's been next level, right? You've got the Clippers series where even though they lost, I mean, you go back and look at his stats. It's just, it's stupid, man. He's hitting game winners, just cooking, absolutely cooking. <laughs> That series got my wife and my mother-in-law like crazy in the basketball <laughs> for a split second. That's how good he was. And these two people who don't care at all about basketball were super into watching him play. Is this the bubble season or the other Clippers, the 2021 run? 2021 run. Yeah. That run was so fun, man. You had, yeah, I mean, you had the Clippers looking like they were going, or no, what am I thinking of? Yeah, that was the season where Dallas still lost in the first round, right? Yeah. But it right. was it was close. Yeah. And then the next year yeah. they went to the conference finals. Right. That's right. That's right. So, which again, look, like I, I, that's not a terrible formula. I, I guess where I would push back on them a little bit is I just think that what they've done around him has been a disaster, man. Like it's just been so bad. I know the, like the K, the, the Porzingis trade at the time, um, I was definitely a, a huge fan of what they did, especially for what they gave up. It didn't feel like that, you know, that big of a haul to sort of, give up at the time for Porzingis. Obviously that didn't work out the way they had hoped. Um, and I think it's just unfortunate. You make that kind of home run trade and it doesn't work out. Like it just sets your franchise back potentially by years. Right. So now they're trying to pick up the pieces and they're so desperate that they trade for the one star that they feel like they actually have a chance to get with the assets that they have in Kyrie. And I'm not, I don't, I, I don't hate the pairing. I just, I definitely don't think it's like a, a legit contender. Do you? Uh, I will have an interesting question on the burning Burnham front. Dude, you uh, can't quit this, this team. I love it. I love the fact that you cannot quit the Mavs. <laughs> it's not the Mavs. It's it's Luca, man. He's, he's yeah. just he's magical. But I am starting to wonder how much better he makes the people around him. He elevates a team. He's so good that just by himself, he can just do magical He's things. He's a top five, top ten offense, yeah, by himself. But he, yeah, exactly. But he doesn't, I don't know, just the way that when he doesn't have the ball, he doesn't move ever off ball. He doesn't do anything to get involved. And that really strikes me as a, a major deficit in his game. But I do think that Kyrie is the right player to have next to you when that is your M.O., both those guys are more just sort of get take the ball and isolate Iso. and create yeah, for ourselves. Some of the best in the league, man. Yep. I really just wonder if Kyrie is going to be able to buy in to anything. I think if he actually did, like he did back in the Cleveland days before he got disgruntled, like he always does, 
then maybe there could be something there. Because when you go when you go down their roster, like they got Dwight Powell, Grant Williams, Josh Green, Doncic, and Irving. That's what I imagine will be their starting five. And then on the bench, they got like Rashawn Holmes and Maxi Kleba, THJ, Seth Curry came in this year. Jalen Hardy looked like he might be good. And of course, he got my man Omax Prosper. That guy looks like he could be really <laughs> yeah. good. I forgot about do pe- him. Do people awesome are crazy pick. about him, man. Yeah. I just watched a YouTube video about how the the Mavericks like won the offseason, and it was mostly focused on Omax. <laughs> I think that's a little bit hyperbolic, wow. but uh, yeah, we'll see. So, like, the roster's fine, but the West is just so good. If Kyrie isn't, like, 100% bought in and, like, back to being a top 15 level player, I think they have no chance to be a contender. Yeah, and I don't know what the answer is. Obviously, nobody knows. This dude is one of the biggest enigmas we've had in the league. Maybe ever. He might be the, the biggest enigma we've ever had in the league. Um, so, is it Jason Kidd getting through to him? Is it Luca getting through to him? Is it himself getting through to himself? Like, I, I don't know what the answer is there. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's a great point. Like in order for them to be at the level that they need to be at, he needs to buy into his role. He needs to buy into what he could mean to this team. I just, what I struggle with with Kyrie, I mean, I struggle, I struggle with a lot of things. Obviously he's an absolute wizard with the ball and he's really fun to watch. But how much does this dude actually care about winning and about being part of a winning culture versus getting paid and you know the the sort of lifestyle piece that's attached to being a star in the nba i think we'll see i mean this is going to be a great experiment because he just got paid 120 million dollars and it's all guaranteed so i don't know man i'll have a point on that in my burning burnham as well but before we get to that i did want to touch on the grant williams pickup which i think may end up going down as one of the best moves of the offseason uh, it was kind of a tale of two seasons for him last year. He was really good at the start of the season. Obviously, I threw out all kinds of praise and adulation his way. But um, then in the second half of the season, he wasn't playing that much. A lot of DMPs. He wasn't shooting it that well. So I, I would, I'm excited to see what kind of player he actually is now that he'll have a real starting role and be sort of a focal point of that team. But he brings something that they desperately needed, which is like a big wing forward who can play some defense and knock down shots. After they got rid of DFS, uh, they have not had that guy. And I don't know what their closing lineup will be, but I think Grant is now like their probably their third best player. So he's going to have a lot of right. weight on his shoulders. Yeah. Well, and I, I think uh, he can also, uh, I don't know for how much time, but he's also potentially a small ball five. I know he's, he's mega small, but if you want to run out like, you know, Hardaway Jr., Kyrie, Luca, Grant, I don't know who the fifth guy would be, but I think that they could uh, run and gun a little bit. He's a, to your point, knockdown shooter. He was just in like, feel like he was in Missoula's doghouse for whatever reason, like, 75 percent of last season obviously in the playoffs too it was so weird it was like yeah he would play 40 minutes one night and then play five minutes the next i hear it's because he That's bad mouthed the town <laughs> <laughs> i think uh, I, I think you're right he was like joe you think you're better than me he said his favorite movie was the dark knight and not the town so <laughs> he's like i <laughs> i hate that movie overrated it's overrated joe's like well, how dare you he did it in his Christian Bale voice from Batman 2, wearing the suit. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, so good. I'm glad that so people good. like Jason are going to be able to be fans of Grant Williams now and all his nerdiness. It's going to be hard for Jay, but I think he'll I think he'll power through. Yeah, I, I mean, I like Grant. I do. I like him a lot. I think uh, I think he's a great pickup for this team. I think what's nice is, you know, he, he can be the third, fourth, fifth best player, and you've got two superstars ahead of you that are... I mean, Luka's definitely super reliable. Kyrie, we'll see, but I think that was a fantastic pickup this offseason. Okay, I got a fun one for the Burning Burnham question. I'm ready. We're going to play up. a little We're gonna play a little game. Uh, oh, you want to uh, play game? Wait, that wasn't Batman. <laughs> That's soft. Sorry. <laughs> Same thing. Same voice, right? Yeah. 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 Um, I have three. This is, this is a money down game. It's where are you willing to put money on on this or where would you put money or whatever? So I got three questions. Would you bet or not bet that Kyrie Erling, Erling, 
<laughs> it's, his, it's his Steve Urkel uh, uh, persona. Did I do that? <laughs> <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll cut. <laughs> Remember Jess from New Girl? <laughs> oh my gosh. Of course. Did I do that? <laughs> Sorry. Uh, okay. Will, will Kyrie Irving be on the team in 2024, 2025? Or sorry, am I am I hearing all three first and then putting money down, or am I putting money? I just each one, each one. So I'll I'll say it more as a statement. It's like, will you put money on this statement? Kyrie Irving will be on the team in 2024, 25. Whew! I'm gonna be honest. Putting money on anything related to Kyrie scares me, but I would probably put at least a little bit down on that he will still be on the team in 2024, 25. Okay, I think that his 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 legacy has already been tarnished so much in his reputation. It's not like this dude is 37 years old. He's 30. He's still got plenty of years ahead of him, in my opinion. So if he wants to get another contract after this one and be sought after by teams in the league, like he better be on his best behavior. So I'd put at least a, a little bit down on him staying with the team. Don't feel great about it, though. <laughs> <laughs> okay, next one. You can put money down on... Luca as MVP or any other single player as MVP? Would you rather put money on Luca to win MVP or any one other player? Not the field, but you have to choose one person. Do I have to name that person? Yeah. Yeah. Why not? Oh, man. Who else would I consider? Joel's got his. Jokic. Maybe I just have this person on my mind because I just watched the documentary and it tore up my, uh, my heartstrings, but <laughs> am I crazy for wanting to put money on Steph over Luca? Wow. Steph going to come crazy? back at, Is that crazy at this statement? age and win another one. He's made some crazy statements this offseason, man. He's basically said like, this is the, I, I feel, what did he say? Like, this is the best I've ever felt or something along those lines. Um, they the just season. He hasn't had to play like, what 90 games or whatever it was a pretty embarrassing finish to last season and i would say overall just the drama that encircled is that a word encircled yeah that team the entire season i don't know man like i i luca has been in the mvp talk at the start of every season for what feels like the last three or four and then it just doesn't work out so i don't feel i just don't feel great about putting money down on him i'd rather put money down on stuff that's crazy I'm expecting, uh, I don't know, wherever you, you're going to bet, Vegas, let's just say Vegas, is going to have Luca as like the number one coming out the gates. He's kind of been that the last few years, if not number one, like top three. But I think I feel as good about Luca wanting to sort of prove last season was an aberration, the end of the season anyway, because he was in the MVP conversation in the first half. Um, so That's I, true, I, think I forgot about that. If I had to choose any single player, I might choose Luca. Uh, I could also see Giannis trying to run it back. Dude, he's another one. Tatum, maybe. Yeah. I mean, there's there's other guys that I would definitely consider. Yeah. I, Luca would be top three for me for sure. Shea, maybe. Shea. Dude, I was actually thinking that. I didn't want to be too, I didn't want to be too much of a homer, but I was like, <laughs> I mean, my guy tore it up last season, and if they take another, even if it's a mini leap, if they're like soundly in that top six, I. I think he'll have a legitimate case if he has a similar Oops. season to last. Dude, the dude averaged, averaged like 32 points a game last season on yeah. super efficient shooting. So we'll see. We'll get we'll get to him. Uh, I got one more money down burning Burnham. You have to choose one or the two. The Mavericks are a top three seed in the West or the Mavericks are an eight seed or below. I'm going to say top three. I do think they're going to be a good oh, regular wow. season team. Okay. I do. I don't. Again, I don't I don't really feel great about anything when it comes to putting money down on anything related to the Mavs, but setting last season aside, I mean the season before, obviously I don't know, man, like they they had they definitely had more talent, but how much more talent would be my question. You know, they traded away DFS, Dinwiddie, Bertans. Like Bertans wasn't a huge part of the rotation. Dinwiddie joined again, setting last season aside, he joined halfway through the previous season. And then DFS has always been kind of a staple of their rotation, but he didn't even play much last season. He was hurt a lot of the season. So I'm going to go top three. Again, don't feel great about it, but what would you go with? I would go with top three as well. Yeah. But the reason I asked the question is I, the range of outcomes is huge for this team. 
very low floor, very high ceiling. They could, it, like, if they ended up back in like the conference finals next year, I, I would be surprised, but not like aghast. You know, dude, it's Luca, man. That's what, that's when yeah. you have Luca on your team. I just, I just, I also think that there's going to be some funky, funky stuff in the West that we are not expecting at all right now. Totally, totally. Speaking of which, Thunder time. Let's do it. All right. This is the moment that everyone's been waiting for. We're going to go ahead and, uh, and and clear out here and talk about the Thunder for the next 45 minutes. Just kidding. It's not going to be that long. But let's go ahead and revisit 2022-23. Uh, they finished 40 and 42. That was 10th in the West. They finished 13th on offense, 14th on defense. They ended up losing in the second game of the play-in tournament to the Minnesota Timberwolves after beating the Pelicans in the first play-in game. If everyone remembers, they they embarrassed the Pelicans, and it was it was beautiful. It was absolutely beautiful to watch. Off-season moves, drafted Kaysen Wallace in the first round. They drafted Keontae Johnson in the second round. Chet's now healthy, which I think is uh, maybe the – no, it's not maybe. definitely the most important thing going into this next season. Uh, they traded for Davis Pertons from the Mavs. Usman Garuba and Ty Ty Washington joined via trade with Hawks. We'll see if they're on the roster. We'll, we'll get to that in a minute. They've got like 25 guys in the roster right now. Um, Vasily Micic. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correct, but he agreed to a multi-year deal coming over from Europe. They traded for Victor Oladipo with the Heat. And then uh, Jack White from Australia agreed to a two-year deal. I'm going to let you clear out here, Zach. Just give us our or give us your thoughts on uh, on the Thunder's offseason up to this point. There's been a lot of talk about how good the Thunder could be this next year. But when I look at the West, I can't help but think, where are the wins going to come from? Obviously, at some point, there will be injuries. There will be some team that has some sort of disaster or a disgruntled player or whatever it is. So you can sort of factor in that a little bit. But, man, I have a hard time seeing them make a significant jump with the way the West is and how good those teams, like one through eight, one through nine, are right now. So, I, I don't know. Do you have more confidence than I do that they're going to be able to actually win more games? No, listeners, if you were hoping for uh, just an, a, a Homer segment here where Zach and I just went nuclear and talked about our how – what our expectations are, and they're completely unrealistic to the rest of the world. You're not going to get way that too here. rational, way too <laughs> rational here. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of unfortunate because it would be fun to just be completely irrational about this team. But I, I mean, look, forty and forty-two last season. Obviously, nobody was expecting them to finish the season with that high of a record. It was still a losing record, but barely. Um, I, I honestly expect them their ceiling to be hovering right around the five hundred mark, give or take a few games on either side. I think that that is like they're going to be working Chet into the rotation. They've got some other guys that they'll be working into the rotation. Uh, I do trust Dagnall to be able to, you know, m- maximize what the roster is capable of. But the thing about and maybe I'm maybe I'm looking into this too much, but I do think there's something to be said about a team or teams that go into the season and are viewed as this is an easy win, right? Every time this team comes onto our our schedule. And I think that the thunder were viewed as that last season. And they were the, they were the team that I would say along with like the jazz and maybe a handful of other teams that looked as though it would be an easy win. And then the thunder would just kick teams right in the, right in the nuts over and over again, just with their youth getting up and down the court, playing lockdown defense um, again, getting out in transition like that was, and then they've got Shea who was just a, who was, who was next level last season. So I don't know, man. I, I expect them to be like in the, the play-in race again. Again, I, I their ceiling is potentially a little bit higher than that, but I'm not expecting them to come out and have some leap from like 40 to 50 wins or even like 40 to, you know, 47, 48. Yeah, I have to agree. Uh, I think they'll be in the play-in tournament and I think they'll be a really tough out. They could maybe advance around, maybe even two, just because they're going to grow a lot throughout the year. That's the benefit of having these young guys is that as they get more experience, it can be, it can grow exponentially during the course of the season. I also think their defense with the addition of Chet could be significantly better. And honestly on offense too, depending on how quickly he comes along, that's going to determine how good they're able to be this next year. Cause they were really given pretty 
really not that much from their bigs last year. Uh, they had a couple of uh, fun games from Poku. There was a, a part of the early season where you were chanting Poku's name. and I was. And, I was. I'm not ashamed to admit it. And, uh, and big Jalen Williams. Uh, looks like he's going to be a solid rotation player going forward, but none of these guys are going to give you the two-way effect that Chet can give. But I think there's going to be some growing pains there. Uh, hopefully not literal. No more injuries for him. Chet's good feet. Hashtag Dan Lyons. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Stay away hate, from him, Dan. I hate that I just said hashtag. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but, man, they just are loaded with talent. And that's honestly one of the issues. Because as uh, lots of people have talked about, they have 21 players on their roster right now. My and my gosh. <laughs> one of those is Keontae Johnson, who I think is going to be on a two-way deal. So that leaves at least five players they have to get rid of before the season starts to be down to the 15, uh, 15 roster slot max. Who are you getting rid of? I was just going to ask you the same thing. Zach Lowe talked about this last week with uh, Andrew Schlecht from The Athletic, um, who is the obviously the, the Thunder beat writer for, that, for OKC. Um, man, I'm going on the roster right now. I don't. I, just, I think there's going to be a, a certain level of attachment to their homegrown guys. Um, I mean, the the easy outs would be so. like, I mean, me too. Like Oladipo's gone, right? There's there would be no point in keeping him. He's he's going to be recovering all of next season. Yeah. Um, man, I'm looking at the rest. There, I, I could see one of the things that Andrew Schleck threw out was Jack White potentially being like a, a two way guy. They signed him recently, but they could convert that I think to a two way deal. Yeah, I think he has like a 600k partial guarantee, so they would pay him that money, and then he gets to be on a two-way deal, which works out well in his favor. He gets a real a real salary, and then the two-way stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, other guys like I think Ty Ty Washington's probably out of there. Garuba, I I like Garuba. See, yeah, me too, I, man. I, when like, they have such little uh, big man depth there. I, know. I don't want them to get rid of him. I, I thought it was cool that they picked him up from the Atlanta and that three-team thing. Yeah. I think they're going to have to choose. Again, they brought this up. This was brought up on the low post, but I think they're going to have to choose between guys like Jeremiah Robinson Earl, Garuba, Poku. I think – I don't think – I think it's too early for Presti to give up on Poku or that's at least his mindset. I don't think he's going to give up on him yet. But man, there's other guys that I'm scared about. Like Aaron Wiggins is one that I I just I love. I love Wiggins. I hope yeah, that he's not impacted too. by this. He's good, man. He shot like 40% from three last year and but played his really good defense. Minutes on this team is just it's going to be limited. He's not going to be able to play. I so I, but I don't know. There's if too any many other guys. Team would play him either, you know, there's too many guys. Like Trey Mann's another one that had a good rookie season and was a little bit shaky last season. He balled out in summer league. So who would you cut? I mean, I, I'm having such a hard time with this. So I would definitely cut Jack White, mostly because I don't know much about him. Uh, and if they yeah. want to keep him, put him on the two-way. Ty Ty, Oladipo. I know people are like in the basketball world are kind of against this because he makes real money and he can do some things good like shoot. But I would probably waive Bertans. I don't care that the money's on my books. Uh, I'd rather have the young guys who I can play and get experience and see what they are and how they fit in together than have right. this one veteran who I don't care about. Right. And then it becomes a question of JRE or Garuba for the last spot. And man, I think I I'd like, take Garuba. Am I crazy? Like that's what I was. JRE was too. hurt for most of last season anyway. Yeah. Yeah, I think Garuba gives you more on the defensive end than Jerry does. He's a little bit bigger, a little bit longer. But I really like Jerry too, man. It's hard to I see know. your guys go. I kind of this is like my mini version of what Jason must feel with with his baby Lakers. So all those guys are like really good and our guys are go still forth. Like just just little thunder bench players, but whatever. But they they just have so much talent on that team. I'm really excited to see where they go. Uh, my burning Burnham question, I'm going to throw it out now because it sort of fits in right here. Uh, the Thunder are sort of at that stage where they could be in play for an all-star or superstar level player if one became available in the market. If you could add any single player to this core in the entire league, whoever you want, who would it be? 
Okay, so I was actually thinking about this yesterday when we uh, when we went all in on hey we're going to be talking about the thunder tomorrow. Um, I, I I'm having a hard time because to me it's like this weird balancing game of obviously you want somebody who either you think is a superstar now or has the potential to become one while also balancing out what are the ages of the dudes on our team right now. And so, so the person that I ended up landing on, and I think that I don't, I I don't actually think this is realistic. I wish it was more realistic than, than it is. um, Unless things go really South on this team. I would love Brandon Ingram on this team. That's why I ended up landing wow. on Ingram adds length, but isn't like, I, I think that his style of play is like fits what the thunder do. Well, he's a, he's a good shooter. He's a good creator off the bat. I mean, he's exactly what he's got. Obviously crazy length. Um, you put him next to chat and it just be like two giant, tall Gumby bean posts on defense. It would be just amazing to watch. Um, but I, I don't know, man, like, I think having another lengthy wing, wing like him to throw out, just imagine like Shea, Ingram, J-Dub, Chet, and then you could choose whoever you want your fifth guy to be, whether it's Dort, Casey Wallace, potentially like just a guy that can be a, a defensive stopper and, um, you know, shoot at least a decent at a decent clip from three. That's who I landed on. But I'd, I'd, I would love to hear your thoughts on your own question. This one has been almost impossible for me. And where I've sort of come down is I I don't know if I want to bring anyone in, which is kind of crazy because I even talked before that we started the pod that uh, maybe my mud pie moment today would be like telling Presty to use some of his picks to bring somebody in. But I just, I feel like there's a certain vibe there and there's a chance for three or possibly four guys on this roster to be all-stars. Shea is already that guy, maybe top 10 or close to top 10 in the league. Chet could be an all-star. I think Jalen Williams could be an all-star. Little Jalen Williams, J-Dub. And I think Usman Jay. so little anymore. (laughs) He's jacked. (laughs) Yoke J-Dub. And Usman Jang. I also have high hopes for him and what he could become. Um, and where I was focusing when I was thinking about players is like that four or five type role. Someone who could play next to Chet, but also could stretch the floor a little bit. Um, and there are very few guys who kind of fit that mold in the league right now. I know we've talked about Carl Anthony Towns before, but we all questioned his, his uh, decision making and, and motivation and all that kind of stuff. And I Jane like that all- fit though. I yeah, do like that good fit, fit with Cat. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think if you brought in like a mega, mega superstar, like a Giannis or a Joel, it just totally changes how your team is con- constructed and what they're about. And so I, I don't know how well it would, would work. I mean, if the opportunity presented itself, like you jump at it, of course. But yeah, um, that's why I like the idea of like an Ingram because he hasn't really done anything in the league. Right. So like yeah. you also need a guy who, um, I mean, I, I think he has a high level of self-confidence as he should. And as you know, most, if not all superstars do, but I think your point about this being like a homegrown thing is completely valid. And, um, I I would probably, I, I mean, I tend to lean towards that with you. Like, I, I think that that's the direction that Presti is going. That's why he hasn't pushed his chips in, but then it just becomes, okay, if we're not going to do that, we have. 9,000 picks over the next, what, three, four years. Um, you probably want to start, and granted, the ones that are going to be like really, really high, right? Like I think Houston's pick next year is a wait and see type of pick, but we should probably start using some of those to go out and get at least, I don't know, even, have, even as I'm saying it, I'm not sure it makes sense because they've just got so many guys in the roster. It's this weird game of like, we have all these picks, what are we going to use these for? Like, do we want to get out, go out and get maybe like supercharged role players that we think could be good on this team right now? Or is it sort of a, we kind of have to wait and see what these guys turn into because to your point, like, like an Usman Jang, for example, he didn't play a ton last, last season, but that dude's upside is crazy high. And I think it's going to take at least a couple more years to see 
what his sort of ceiling looks like. And hopefully he'll get some more minutes this season. Um, Giddy's another guy like obviously J dub. I think Jalen Williams, the big Jalen Williams to your point is, is a solid rotation guy. Um, yeah, he's a back. So I don't know. Yeah, yeah. And he's good at it. So you actually touched on a couple guys who I find the most intriguing when we talk about potentially bringing in some kind of star. Like for example, let's say there's a universe where everything goes terrible in Milwaukee this year. And next off season, Giannis asks out and he wants to go. One of the few stars who might be willing to go somewhere like Oklahoma City. I don't think right. he'd want to, but he'd want to go to New York <laughs> or wherever. But maybe he would do it. The guys who would be required in a deal like that, if you're not going to give up Jalen Williams, Chet, or Shea, you probably have to start it with Giddy. You probably have to include Jang for the Bucks to kind of hope he can be the next Giannis or something like that. And then maybe a couple of other guys like Lou Dort, someone else, Trey Mann. And then, and then add in like eight first round Four picks. picks. <laughs> when you think about that, I'm, I'm serious. Like probably like six, seven first round picks. Um, do you think that would get that deal done? I mean, if Giannis asks out 100%, my, my, I guess, counter to that would be who else in the league is competing with anything close to what the Thunder have to offer, right? Like, so because of that, I wonder if the pick requirement would actually be lower than, yeah. Say, like, I, could you get away with like four first, like solid first rounders plus all that talent, man? Because just think about the guys you just listed off. Like, who else has those types of guys to be able to offer in a trade? Nobody. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and the reason I bring up Giddy as the headliner to that is I think if there is a trade that happens in the future, I think he's sort of the odd man out. As much as I really like him, I think bringing in Kaysen Wallace, or Kaysen, uh, however you pronounce his first name, um, sort of opens the door for this new guy to be the point guard. And I've been watching a lot of video, a lot of highlight reels on Kaysen Wallace, and man, I'm all about it. That's why my Dude, he's legit. He's my legit. my name today is Drew Drew number two. Drew two point Okay. Like I was listening to some of the pre uh, pre draft stuff about him. Um, Jay Billis was saying like he's the best on ball defender in the draft. Uh, I watched some like interviews where he's talking about stuff, and the dude just like loves basketball. He just wants wow. to play ball nonstop. He's a former quarterback, so he sees the court. You know, you know he can see the floor well. He's a great passer. He's a decent shooter. Drew Holiday, you His know, shot form, if, if, dude. His shot if, form is beautiful. Yeah, if that's the comparison, like Drew built himself into a, a good shooter. Um, Jay Billis also called him the safest pick in the draft because you know he's going to be good both ways, no matter what. With an upside like a Drew, man, can you imagine Drew Holiday on this team? And we got him, <laughs> but he's on. But he's the nineteen-year-old oh, version. Oh my god. <laughs> Preston Forever, does it for again. The, for I, any listeners out there, <laughs> Drew Holiday is like my favorite player. So yeah, Zach the fact that there's this, this new one, yeah, I, I try to model my game after him uh, as much as I can now with my rickety ankles and knees. But <laughs> <laughs> dude, I I thought for some reason I thought that Kaysen, and I I think it's Kaysen. I'm just gonna call him Kaysen Wallace unless he corrects a reporter or something in the future. Then I'll change it. But um, for some reason I thought he was only like six foot like i or six one apparently he's six four i i yeah. did not get the memo like okay yeah, he's, he's a lot bigger than i thought he was he's <laughs> like Holiday, that's good dude. that's solid size for a point guard yeah. and your point again like good handles good athleticism good court vision solid shot that i think will continue to develop and again i think we should remind the uh the listeners that we have the best shooting coach in the NBA on the Thunder's staff now. And I already forgot his name. What's his name? Chip England. Man, yeah. I'm so bad with names. Chip England. But yeah, I mean, you've seen other guys on the Thunder, like Josh Giddy has developed the last couple of years. I think that yeah. that's not something to Aaron Wiggins to is a 40% shooter. Isaiah Joe is a 40% shooter. Kendrick Williams is close to a 40% shooter. All these guys. Jalen Williams is going to become that, I think, too, working with Chip. So, yeah, if the listeners can't tell, we're uh, we're excited. 
right? I'm stoked. Yeah. I'm so stoked about this team. I'm stoked to not have like super high expectations. I have expectations, but just be able to enjoy the season again. It's going to be so fun. There's just like such an abundance of wealth, man, where I'm like, no, I'd be okay if we lost Giddy because I want to see Kaysen play. But also Giddy's a really, really good and fun <laughs> player and I don't want to lose him. He's a six foot eight point guard. I don't know. And we haven't even really talked about J-Dub or Shay or any, you know, this team is just awesome. It's great to be here after how many years? Six years of what? Just, yeah, I mean, uh, it depends on if you count the Russ and PG in- years as like <laughs> great, yeah. great years. I, I mean, I don't because of how they, they were found out in the playoffs, years, but, but, but they oh were gosh, they were fun man. during the year. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, yeah, just extremely frustrating in the postseason, unfortunately. I have high hopes. I think they could like. There's a definitely a. One world, one universe in the multiverse where they win 50 games next year. I would think it's going to be somewhere like 40 to 44, and you can almost like cash that in unless there's an injury to Shea. Yeah, I think what you'll be able to bank on is high energy every night, high level of effort on defense. That was kind of what they became known for last season. They play really good team defense. Again, to your point about Casey Wallace and obviously Lou Dort, Dortcher Chamber. You got the Dorcha Chamber and then Case on the Wall List. <laughs> I just came up with that on the fly. The Wall, <laughs> the Wall List. Um, yeah, man, I, I I'm so 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 excited to watch this team. I think it's going to be a, a really really fun season. One last question on them: What's your starting lineup? Um, that's a great question. I, I think that I probably would go Shea, Giddy, J-Dub, Chet, Dort. So you'd, probably you'd, stick, with. you'd stick with the small the small lineup, but the best lineup. I think I probably would. I mean, I wouldn't let Chet stay out there for, you know, 12 minutes at a time. I'd probably bring in, like, big Jalen off the bench relatively quickly, five, six minutes into the game, so that Chet's not getting completely destroyed underneath the basket. But... I don't know. What would you do? Cause I, th- so here's the thing. Like, I, I think that that small lineup, I use small in, in quotations because you, you've got these dudes like Josh Gay's the point guard to your point six, eight Lou Dort is the one guy who's, who doesn't have height, but he makes up for it with girth. I mean, that dude is a, again, speaking of wall, like that dude is just a, a, a freaking wall. And then Shay's got crazy length and J dub again, Looks like a linebacker going to the season. So I do think you've got guys yeah. that can make up for it. Yeah, they definitely have length. Uh, even guys like Dort have crazy wingspans, even though he's only 6'3". I just I worry about Chet uh, banging against some of those centers. Even the smaller guys. You know, we talked about this last week, I think, how a lot of the league has smaller centers now. Like Bam is like 6'9", you know. But these guys are like really strong, and they're going to just – demolish Chet, at least at the beginning. Um, So would you start another big next to him? I mean, I want to. I just don't know how you do it. You take Jalen Williams off the bench. That's the only thing I can think about doing, really, and let him be the guy who's in charge of the second unit. But I want to see him starting, too. I mean, that's what's so hard, man. There's just so many guys. We just so hard, like... Dort to be six foot eight. Same exact body, but six foot eight version of him, and it'd be perfect. Yeah, Lou, can you grow this, this <laughs> five big inches this off season, please? <laughs> yeah. Hey, anyway. All we right. Well, how much we love him. On that note, yeah. No, this is great. Oh, we didn't even this talk about Michich either. Oh yeah, he could him be too. good. <laughs> he could be good too. <laughs> I know. It's just it's so hard. It's so hard having so much talent, you know. So rough Feels for us good. fans. Feels good. All right. Well, let's go ahead and wrap this up with your uh, your mud pie moment of the week. Let's get sloppy up in here. So my mud pie is very simple today. There's a tweet that came out uh, today, yesterday? I yesterday, know. I think. Right? From none other than uh, top 20 all-time player, Dr. J. Julius Irving. My dad's nickname and forebear. <laughs> Uh, he listed as his top 10 players all time. 
in no particular order. Jerry West, Oscar Robertson, Elgin Baylor, Wilt Chamberlain, Bill Russell, Michael Jordan, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Magic Johnson, Carl Malone, and Tiny Archibald. Now, you might think that I'm going to give a mud pie to that list, but I actually kind of like it. <laughs> I'm higher on uh, Malone than, than some people, a.k.a. Jason, uh, are. I, I like that he included Tiny Archibald. I think it's a cool uh, throwback and some respect to a guy he probably played against and, and respected. My mud pie is actually going to go the other way. It reminded me of something that really grinds my gears, as Peter Murphy would say. <laughs> I was going to say Gen Z, but it's some millennials too, so I'm just going to stick to young people. Young people, my mud pie this week is young people throwing out only players from the 21st century on their all-time lists and including them as like better than all the old guys and talking down about guys like Larry Bird or even Michael Jordan sometimes, definitely Wilt Chamberlain and Elgin Baylor and these guys, and throwing everyone up top 10 all-time, Kevin Durant's top 10 all-time, Steph's top 10 all-time. Maybe they are, maybe they aren't. That's not even the point. The point is, in basketball, it's all about who they played against in their era and how good they were in their era. It's not a question of how good those players would be now Obviously, in all sports, as time progresses, people get better, stronger, taller, longer, whatever it is, more athletic. Um, but these guys were incredible basketball players, and the young guys need to go watch some tape and show some respect to their elders. <laughs> get off the lawn. <laughs> as, uh, as Kyrie Irving and, and Bill Russell said, you know, uh, these young bloods, these young bloods, <laughs> they don't know the uh... game. So I, I respect man. I respect uh, Dr. J's top ten list, even if I disagree with it. Um, obviously, Especially because no LeBron's not in there. <laughs> yeah, LeBron not being in the top ten is crazy. Tim Duncan's not in the top ten. Kobe's not in the top ten. Like it goes both ways, of course. Some yeah. some old guys like uh, like Mad Dog Russo on first take will never give credit to anyone from the current generation of players. It's only guys who played in the 70s and 80s, you know. But you got to consider them all, man. You Stop do. Stop disrespecting you Larry do. Bird. He's the one who gets left off all the time. And if you watch videos of anyone talking about him, that dude was the biggest killer until oh, yeah. Jordan and Kobe came, you know. He, he was like Jordan and Kobe of the 80s. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. I love it, man. Snaps for you. Great mud pie moment. <laughs> That's a real. Respect your elders. Get off my Brandon lawn. Miller, stop <laughs> putting fun. Paul George as your greatest player of all time. Like that's what I'm talking stop. about, dude. That's just exactly stop. what I'm talking about. These guys, man. Oh man, just you wait until the, the next generation would know better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The next generation is gonna be like, my goat is Trey Young, greatest player of all time, dude. But seriously, people, the kids love him. I know they love him, I man. Know. I know. I mean, look, it's one thing if people say, like, I think, you know, a lot of that generation will say Steph. Fine. Like, I can. No, Steph four may, may very well be a top 10 player at the end of his career. He, he might yeah. very well be. That's fine. LeBron already Trae is. Young LeBron is probably the second greatest <laughs> player of all time. So. But he's not the best. Sorry, Gen Z and millennials. <laughs> it's Michael Jordan. It's Paul, it's Paul George. Uh, it's Michael Jordan. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That belongs to uh, Russell Westbrook. Um, all right, man. Well, well, pick and roll action today. Just appreciate it. This has been super fun. We'll get the we'll get the rest of the crew on next week. They're all you know just gallivanting about. Except Chase. Chase is with family on vacation, so he has a legitimate excuse. I want to see what our listener stats are after this episode compared to the Barbenheimer <laughs> episode. Just yeah. to see if we got some basketball purists out there. Just want to see some pick and roll. I hope so. I hope so. Fingers crossed. <laughs> but, you know, listen to the Barbenheimer episode, too, because we love Jason and Dan. And, you know, they've got great and takes it's, on it's fantastic movies stuff. Yeah. and basketball. All right, man. Well, enjoy the week. Uh, we'll chat next week. All right, man. Peace. Peace.